0: Hi, this is Brett. Thank you for listening to my sermon podcast. If you find these messages to be valuable, please be sure to share them with your friends on social media. And remember, you can subscribe to my sermons on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. That way they're delivered to you hot and fresh as soon as they're available. And if you've been blessed by these messages, would you take a moment or two and leave a review on iTunes? That is a huge help when it comes to getting other people to listen. Thanks again. And I hope today's message is a blessing to you. Every Christmas, our Bibles just seem to naturally fall open to certain passages. Christmas comes along and our Bibles fall open to the Gospel of Matthew. It's there in Matthew where we have wise men coming and bringing gifts. It's there in Matthew where we have the star. Our Bibles seem to naturally fall open to the Gospel of Luke. And it's there in Luke that we have angels, we have shepherds uh, keeping watch over their flocks by night we have uh, no room at the inn and so jesus is born and placed in a manger once in a while our bibles even kind of fall open to the gospel of john chapter 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and we see jesus not in his birth but in his eternity We, we see jesus in 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 the very beginning with the father once in a while Our Bibles fall open to the book of Revelation and we go to the woman who is about to give birth and we go to the dragon who is waiting, the great red dragon who's waiting to gobble up her child. But one place we never ever go when it comes to Christmas, one place we never go is to the Gospel of Mark because Mark tells us nothing about the baby Jesus. Mark tells us Nothing about his birth, nothing about his origin. Mark simply begins uh, with the story of Jesus' mission. So turn in your Bibles today to the Gospel of Mark. Mark is the shortest Gospel. Mark's a fast paced Gospel. Mark is, it, maybe he's short on time in writing this. Maybe he's Short on paper, but Mark has a story to tell you. And from the very beginning, Mark chapter 1, verse 1, Mark writes, This is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. <laughs> there's no shepherds, there's no Uh, no shepherds watching over their flocks there's no wise men coming bringing gifts there's no uh, no angel making an announcement of a to a virgin there's no gold frankincense and myrrh instead mark says i have good news i have good news about a king and his name is jesus i think christmas could use a little more mark every year we grumble We complain during Christmas. We'll we'll grumble and complain at Christmas about the spending. We'll complain about the the selling. We'll complain about the marketing of Christmas. We'll say things like, they've forgotten the true meaning of Christmas. And, And I think Mark would empathize with us. Even without a story about Jesus' birth, Mark would understand our frustration. But Mark doesn't grumble. Mark doesn't wish for the good old Christmases of his childhood. Mark's not a ba humbug. Mark says, Listen up. I've got good news. There is a king, and his name is Jesus. Mark chapter 8 is the center, not just the center of Mark's gospel. It is the centerpiece of Mark's gospel, the passage that we're looking at today. It is the culmination of everything Mark has told us up until this point, and everywhere that Mark is going with Jesus from here on out. It is the culmination of everything and it's expressed in a very personal and very important question. Who do you say that I am? What does your life declare about Jesus? From from the way you celebrate Christmas to the way that you care for your family and your friends, to the way that you would treat a, a complete stranger What does your life say about Jesus? Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 27. And Jesus went on with His disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, He asked His disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told Him, John the Baptist. And others say, Elijah. And others, one of the prophets. But he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. This is an important passage for us to think about as Christmas approaches. Because in these few verses, we have the right answer about Jesus. But we also have the wrong answers. But more than that, I want you to notice that in this story, everyone, everyone recognizes that there is something special about Jesus. And I want you to hear that very carefully because it is important. Mark does not give us just Peter's right answer. Uh, Mark gives us the wrong answers as well. And I think we're meant to hear the wrong answers we're meant to think about those wrong answers and realize that there are people around us who may not have a correct view of who jesus is but they very likely still realize there's something special about him can we at least honor that can we at least honor that they're trying to understand jesus we tend to get really defensive about christmas We tend to to get really defensive like it's our holiday. Like this is our baby, you know. We're not going to share him with anybody. This is our baby Jesus. We hear things that get us grumbling. You walk out of a store and someone says, Happy Holidays! And we say, It's Merry Christmas. Doesn't sound very merry. Doesn't sound very happy. I think we need to hear people, even when even when their answers are wrong, or even when we think their answers are wrong. What are they saying about Jesus? What are they looking for in Him? How can we show them that Jesus surpasses those expectations? So Jesus asks the question, who do the people Who do the people say that I am? And, and they say, well, some people think that you're John the Baptist. That would be great, by the way. If he was John the Baptist, come back from the dead, that would be awesome. Because John, John was their hero. John was the guy who showed up and and he righted all the wrongs and he wasn't afraid to, to tell people the truth. John had set the politicians straight. John had set the religious leaders straight. John had just set people straight. He was forceful. And some people looked at Jesus and they hoped that He was really John the Baptist back from the dead. Others say Elijah. That would have been wonderful. If Jesus were Elijah, that would be so great. Elijah, the greatest prophet from the Old Testament. Elijah, every kid's hero. Elijah who was powerful. Elijah who was forceful. Elijah who worked miracles. Elijah who had the courage to stand against uh, the the corruption in in his world. He he had the courage to stand against King Ahab and, and his wife Jezebel. Elijah who had never died. Elijah who instead was was carried up in a, a chariot of fire. And they believed that someday Elijah would return. They hoped. They hoped that Jesus was Elijah. Because if Jesus was Elijah, that would be glorious. That would be a wonderful hope. It gets awful dark in the winter. And you need some light. You need, you need a little hope. We need some songs that make us joyful. We need, we need songs of hope. We need, we need Jesus. And sometimes we need to acknowledge that the people around us, they're trying. They're, they're close. Folks, That there is no war on Christmas. I hear that phrase over and over again. There is no war on Christmas. And can I just ask that as long as little children are getting their legs blown off trying to walk across the road somewhere in our world, that maybe we don't have the right to say the word war when someone just doesn't say hey, Merry Christmas to us. Could we, could we just agree that that's probably a misuse of the word war? There is no war on Christmas. People who say happy holidays, they're not your enemies. And even if there were a war on Christmas, even if there were, we're declaring the birth of the king. Not a king, the king we declare his reign and and he is big enough to handle all the wrong answers some of you might be familiar with the name richard dawkins hear that very carefully i'm not talking about richard dawson the host of family feud from long ago richard dawkins is one of the leaders of the modern atheist movement you've probably seen him interviewed on tv he's written a lot of books he's written a book called the god delusion He's written another book called Outgrowing God. Richard Dawkins is an atheist, and yet he admits that religion is important. In his book, Outgrowing God, he writes this, whether irrational or not, it does unfortunately seem plausible that if someone sincerely believes in God, that if someone sincerely believes that God is watching His every move, he might be more likely to be good And I must say, I hate that idea. (laughs) Did you hear that? If somebody sincerely believes God is watching His every move, He might be more likely to be good. Sounds a little bit like He sees you when you're sleeping. right? (laughs) He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So, be good for goodness sake. Jesus asked the question, who do the people say that I am. Let's let's listen to their answers. Let's find that as a, a place to start. But you know, then it's it's then that Jesus turns from asking, who do the people say that I am? and to who do the disciples say? Who does, who, who does his disciples say that he is? But who do you say that I am? He asks. Peter's confession is, is one we should know by heart. Peter leads us in declaring that Jesus is is King Peter's response is one that we've come to call the the good confession when you and I committed our lives to Christ we most likely repeated something like what G, what Peter said to Jesus that day you are the Christ you are the Christ we didn't say you are John the Baptist back from the dead We didn't say you are Elijah returned or or one of the other prophets. We said you are the Christ. You are someone wholly unique and yet long expected. You are the one we always wanted even when we didn't know who you were. You are the Christ. You are the King. That's what Christ means, by the way. It means King it's not His name. Christ means King. It means anointed one. Anointed, that's what you do with a king. It's, it's not His name. It's not that Joseph and Mary Christ lived in Bethlehem or went to Bethlehem and there they had their son and they named Him Jesus Christ. No, Christ is a title. It means King. It means anointed one. It takes us back to the Old Testament. To the hope. It takes us back to 1 Samuel chapter 16 where Samuel the prophet has come to realize that Saul just is not the man that God wanted him to be. And so Samuel is told by the Holy Spirit, go to the house of Jesse and anoint one of his sons to be king. And Jesse brings all of his sons out for Samuel to examine. And Samuel looks him over and says, it's not any of these guys. And Samuel says, is this all you got? Is this all your sons? And Jesse says, well, there's one more. But he doesn't amount to much. (laughs) And he calls for them to go bring David in. It's kind of interesting when you think about it. Everyone knew that Jesus was special. Everyone knew that Jesus was special, but Jesse didn't even know how special his own son, David, was. But everything that you and I declare when we say Jesus is the Christ, when we use that title, everything that you and I declare when we say Jesus Christ finds its beginning in David. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward and when jesus asked his disciples who do you say that i am peter was saying that's who you are everything that i know to be true about king david is true about you when i see you i see that is really who you are peter got the answer right why did Peter get the answer right? What made the difference? Why did Peter get this one right? Matthew tells the same story, but Matthew always takes Mark's story and, and adds a little bit more. Matthew's got a little more time and maybe a little bit more paper at his disposal. And so Matthew uh, fills in the gaps for us for what Mark's told us. And he adds a little bit more. Matthew says in Matthew 16, he writes in Matthew 16, verse 16, that Peter responds, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We're a little more familiar with that. And in verse 17, Jesus responds, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter got it right because the Father had revealed it to him. Does that make Peter special? Does that make Peter unique? I don't think so. I mean, it's one thing to say revealed by the Father. It's another to say how that happened. How did the Father reveal it to him? By what means? Not all at once. It wasn't Christ at first sight, right? Peter didn't notice know who he was from the very beginning. In fact, we know from the story it, it took Peter a long time to get it right. The Gospels are full of stories of Peter screwing it up, aren't they? But as Peter spent time with Jesus... As he spoke with Jesus, as he listened to Jesus, as he walked with Jesus, as he served with Jesus, little by little, Peter came to recognize who Jesus was. Little by little, the Father revealed the Son to him to the point that he said, You, you are the Christ. You are my King. We would love for people to believe what we believe about Jesus. I mean, that's, that's the goal of the Gospel. That's the goal of declaring the good news to everyone. The good news that Jesus is King. But people come to us with their own ideas. They come to us with their own thoughts. That they, they know that He's special. <clears throat> but I wonder if we would do what Jesus did for Peter. And I wonder if we would just invite them along on the journey with us. I wonder if we would invite them to to come along and and have a place to belong, have a place to serve, have a place to listen, if we would welcome them. There's really no telling what the Father might reveal to them. There's no telling how the Father might use us to reveal the Son to them. How He might even use the way that we celebrate a holiday, a, a happy holiday even. That's the difference that we can make in someone else's life. Let your celebration of Christmas be your declaration that Jesus is King. Let your celebration be your declaration. I mean, you're going to celebrate anyway, right? I'm guessing that most of you have put up some decorations you you've bought some gifts maybe you may even be playing those songs already those christmas songs some of you have been playing them for a long time now you recognize it's not just a matter of celebrating a holiday it's an expression of what you already believe to be true about jesus he is the christ he is the king christmas is more than just a celebration of his birth Christmas is a recognition of who he is and who he has become revealed to you as. Who do people say that I am? That's what Jesus asked the disciples. And everyone that that encountered Jesus knew there was something special about him. You know, most of the people <clears throat> most of the people that we encounter know that there's something special about Jesus. In one way or another they they express that themselves. They express that He's special and that they go out and they, they buy a tree and they stick it in their house. <laughs> they, ex- they express that Jesus is special in the way that they decorate, the way that they buy presents. <clears throat> Can we just start there? Can we start where they are and show them that there is something special about Jesus? Not that He's especially judgmental, Not that He's especially political, but that He is our King. Can we invite them to celebrate with us? This is important. This is critical, and and we can't afford to miss this. You've got friends who don't go to church, but they know that Christmas is a big deal. And they know that Christmas is a big deal to you. They know that you celebrate, maybe even a little different than what we do they they know that that we sing special songs here maybe even songs that they haven't sung maybe songs they haven't sung since they were kids and they could still sing those songs in school remember maybe that was the last time they sung some of the songs that we sing during this month maybe they would love to sing those songs again maybe they've never heard those songs they know that we have special services they know that it's pretty in here they know we have pretty lights they know we have pretty ornaments and that we have pretty music we know that they we have pretty colors here there was a poll taken just a couple years ago and it asked people who do not attend church people who don't attend church at all how likely would you be to attend church during christmas if someone invited you 57 percent said if someone invited me to go to a christmas service i would go that's better than half better than half the people who don't attend church at all said, yeah, I would go during Christmas. Another poll was conducted that asked people who only went to church at Christmas, right? People who only show up around Christmas. Uh, Why do you go to church during the Christmas season? And some of them said, well, it's tradition. Some of them said, well, family. My family drags me there every year. Some of them said they do it for the Christmas spirit, to feel the Christmas spirit. But 77% of people who do not attend church any other time but Christmas, 77% said they go to honor Jesus. They go to church to honor Jesus. They recognize He's special. They recognize He is worth decorating for. They recognize He is worth changing their routine and getting up on a Sunday morning and going to church for? I think we need to honor that in them and I think we need to invite them to come closer. He is our King. We celebrate Him. Let's invite people. Let's invite our friends, our neighbors, our family. They want to be here and you want them to know Jesus as their King also. Now, I say all that, but did you notice how the story ends? Did you notice verse 30? After Peter gets it right, after Peter answers the question and says, You are the Christ, in verse 30, Jesus says, It says, He, that is Jesus, strictly charged them to tell no one about Him. (laughs) Don't tell anybody about this. It's strange. We read that all the way through the Gospels. Scholars, call it the messianic secret, don't they? They call it the the messianic secret. And over and over again in the Gospels, uh, this messianic secret shows up. Jesus heals somebody and He says, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody what happened. Jesus forgives someone. Don't tell anybody I did this. They're told not to tell because Jesus still had to go to the cross. He hadn't been to the cross yet. And He couldn't let anything get in the way of Him going to the cross. Even people who might declare Him to be king And keep Him from going to the cross. But once He went to the cross, once He was buried, once He was resurrected, they couldn't stop talking about it. They told everyone. Time for secrets is over. Time for us to live our faith in secret is over. Jesus is alive. He is risen. He lives. Christmas doesn't just declare His birth. Christmas Advent declares that Jesus is fully present. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. God with us here. God with us now. God reigning. He is our King. And for the next 25 days, you have a pass. You have a past to talk about Jesus as much as you can for the next 25 days. People know that you're talking about Him. People know that you're singing about Him. People know that you're thinking about Him. Turn your celebration into a declaration and tell them about your King. Let me stand and pray with me. Father, we call this season Advent. But Advent is more than just the the arrival of Christmas. It is the arrival of Jesus as King. We don't merely announce His birth. We announce His reign. Lord, that's worth singing about. That's worth shouting about. And that's worth sharing with everyone. Father, it would be wrong of us to keep the good news of Jesus to ourselves. Give us hearts that are willing to share. Give us courage to invite. And fill us with the joy that welcomes others in. The people around us know there's something special about Jesus. Let us help them see just how special He truly is. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And go in peace.